The year is 1965. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. discuss the most important issues of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book newbie, and along with Dave, the greatest menace to New York City, we're going to be recapping <laughs> 1965 this week in our variant cover episode. I've never even been there is the crazy thing. You've never but been I, to New York City? You're not I, even that far away. I mean, it's it's a plausible trip. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, I say that as if it's not like 14 hours or something, I think. It's a long walk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. I've only been to Chicago once for about... 45 minutes so <laughs> okay yeah yeah i saw your train station oh it's a wonderful wonderful train station it was nice i guess yeah. um so this this week's variant cover we're going to be reading some of your listener feedback discussing the poll results and kind of just overviewing 1965 as a whole cool cool so we did want to thank everyone and on our patreon for supporting the show mm, yes. and if you're interested go on over to patreon.com slash my marvelous year you can find some cool exclusives like our slack channel where i find lots of really interesting comics conversation and just like a cool diverse eclectic collection of fans reading through with us um we do on our patreon have our poll which i think is the first thing we want to go into let's let's talk poll results because i know we had um a lot of good voting this round and i think this was the was it the best stand? No, the worst antropes. Best, 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 best antropes. Hey, don't, don't, don't. Uh... <laughs> they'll, they'll never see it coming. Oh well, I well I pulled this up. I want to. All right, now it needs two-factor authentication for I log in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll cut all this. No, this is good. This is what the people want. <laughs> they want to hear two-factor authentication. Um, while I get this up, I just want to throw out a uh, a plug for a Facebook group that I've been in. I joined a bunch of Facebook groups when I first started this the, the podcast, or when we first started the podcast, and um, just a bunch of comic book groups. And uh, Some are better than others, but uh, one that's been really cool is Nerdcore Comics, um, run by a guy, Aaron Mitchell, who's been really nice. Um, I just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> this last week, I actually won a pair of tickets to Captain Marvel. Have, like a little giveaway yeah it's like a small group and this guy was just like i had extra tickets so he's just giving them away and uh, that's awesome gave me yeah so um i got to go see the movie this weekend for uh for free which is pretty cool also like the movie but uh if you want to go check them out nerdcore comics on facebook it's a pretty fun group just mostly for like memes and a little bit of discussion but it's pretty cool so we had what is the best stanley trope so coming in last place New York attitude with zero votes, <laughs> which to be fair, yeah, was a little surprising. bit, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of the, like, we need to round this out to, to more, uh, to more options. Second place or not second place, second to last place, pop culture references with one vote, which that was, that was something you threw in. And I was like, I don't know. That's not what I think of with Stan Lee. Like, I feel like comic books just do that period. Like most comic books, but maybe it was fresh for him. Yeah. I think what I was thinking was like, 
like dated pop culture references, you know, it's like stuff that doesn't translate, but that's interesting. I mean, I don't, yeah, that one doesn't really bother me either. So I don't think of that as being like a particularly negative trope. Yeah. Um, oh, this, these aren't negative. These are positive. You keep <laughs> these are the, uh, the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fourth place is uh fourth place is endless creation of new characters, which this surprised me. It was a little low with two votes. Um, yeah, I mean, because that, that's just such a big thing. That's almost what he's, like, known for to to a degree where people are wrong, you know? Like, oh, Stan Lee, so, thank you for Wolverine, Stan Lee, that kind of... I think you joked about that before. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little? Let's pause there, actually, because... So the Captain Marvel opening <laughs> yeah, okay. credits. I don't think this is really a spoiler if you haven't seen it. If you no. truly would think that the way they did the spoiler is a or the way they did the credits is a spoiler and you haven't seen captain marvel yet then like skip ahead i mean it's it's nothing narration wise it's literally just a it's just images of stan in the logo yeah yeah and, instead uh, of normal when they when they pop up with marvel studios and they kind of show all the characters the avengers or whatever it's just yeah. all stanley and it's very sweet it's nice it's nice and it says thanks stan for everything you know at the end of it mm-hmm. and i i wrote about this in my review but it's like stan is deserving of this i don't think we would disagree but man is that going to contribute to further (laughs) misunderstanding of people assuming he created everything and i guess i just wanted to say we here in the my marvelous year club Mm -hmm. we know we know we've (laughs) talked about it i i immediately leaned to my wife and i was like steve ditko died in 2018 also (laughs) i mean it's kind of weird yeah i it makes sense just the way he's been portrayed but like that's that's why people get so bristly about the issues of credit is it's just like this is just going to fuel it for generate like another generation of fans yeah yeah and i I mean unless you go back to read these comics you're just you're just not going to know unless you're like really diving into it that jack kirby was such a big part of this also so yeah yeah i mean it would be nice like it would be nice if they just did some little steve ditko winks you know like it would be easy to weave that into a spider-man issue or a comic uh movie god <laughs> or uh you know jack kirby winks into the the other things but i mean spider-verse i'm pretty sure gave a big thanks to stan and steve i want to say in spite in spider-verse had a bunch of little references to the other creators like miles cell phone was full of when he flipped through his contacts was full mm-hmm. of uh, reference or full of comic book creators who had written spider-man mm-hmm yeah, no, but, it worked him in that way too. But I here's the thing: like, if they were gonna do creator credits for every logo, that mm-hmm. would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Like, I'm perpetually in favor of the MCU trying to actually make an effort to to promote comics in in some ways. Yeah, it, here it's just gonna be Stan though, and for obvious reasons, he's the biggest and he did all these cameos. Um, but you know, it's like it's it's lopsided. Let's not pretend it's not. Yeah. Oh, did he create Captain Marvel? We haven't gotten to that yet. But... <laughs> so that's the other thing. So well, he did definitely not the Miss Marvel. Technically, technically, yes. Nineteen sixty-eight, uh, Captain Marvel, like the first three issues, I want to say, mm-hmm. or maybe it's called maybe it's called Marvel Superheroes at that point. I think it is. And then when it actually like relaunches into Captain Marvel, it's written by Roy Thomas. So Stan stands off that like the whole character pretty quickly and then yeah too like for him to for the idea of like oh he created carol danvers i mean i don't even know if that's technically true but definitely not in terms of like how the character has been shaped right yeah you know yeah, miss yeah. marvel doesn't start until 1977 um mm-hmm. marvel wolfman writing at that point so like you know stands he's an editor at that point which is fine <laughs> he doesn't have to create everything yeah but yeah, yeah it's it's a it's misleading yeah yeah definitely um, okay, uh, getting back to the poll, we have the, the top three, third place, 
meta narratives. So superheroes reading each other's comics and Lee and Kirby injecting themselves into the story uh, with four votes, which I really like. Uh, I think that's a pretty fun trope. Generally, they can get a little a little ham-fisted with it sometimes, or like sometimes I think it can try like ruin the integrity of a story. But generally, they've been pretty good about not crossing that line into like yeah. uh, indulgent. Yeah, no, I tend to like those a lot. Yeah, they're they're pretty fun usually. Second place with seven votes, snappy banter or one-liners, which yeah, makes sense. Like something he's really known for. Is... He's good at dialogue. Yeah, and he's getting better at it like year by year. Like it, it's getting more enjoyable to read, and he's getting. It's funny. It feels like he's not becoming less verbose, but like he's just getting a better flow to his writing, and it just mm-hmm. makes it easier to read. Um, it doesn't feel like such a, I don't know, like I'm trudging through walls of text as much as time goes on. Yeah, I don't know that he becomes a substantially better caption writer. No, I, really... always, I still always skip those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the dialogue's very good. And then finally, in first place, superheroes dealing with, quote, everyday problems with 10 votes. And this didn't surprise me. I think this is what I would have voted for if I had voted. This is a big, uh, you know, this is the a big, like, center of why Marvel is successful, I think. You know, I saw it yeah. defined, might have been the writer Donny Cates on Twitter, um, something to the effect of DC heroes are blessed with powers and Marvel heroes are burdened by their powers, you know, mm, or something yeah, that's to that effect. And it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a refrain I've seen in variations before, but definitely the idea of like, you know, Spider-Man has powers, it's a burden, and he's got to pay the rent. <laughs> is right, yeah. is what definitely I think has made these sort of transcendent because it it instantly becomes something everyone can relate to even though obviously we can't relate to climbing on walls or at least most of us can't yeah 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 I mean I, I think the same thing about DC even today like there still feels like a big difference between the two of them in that way I think like that's really formed their identities I mean and there's exceptions for both like Marvel sometimes is just all about big epic events and cosmic ongoings obviously but I still think that kind of person personality forward approach really comes through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So cool. Uh, I'm I'm glad the way that went down. Um, let's see. You want to move into some listener feedback? Sure. Dear Dave and Zach, just wanted to drop you a line to say how much I'm loving the pod. I've been a comic reader for as long as I can remember it, but I've recently stepped up a gear in my reading and can't get enough of it. The work you guys are putting into this project is providing an amazingly simple and fun way to get through a lot of the early canon and well beyond, I hope. Cool, thanks. Uh, my question is aimed more towards Dave than Zach. Zach. Oh. Would, would you leave, please? <laughs> <laughs> I will step out of the recording booth. Uh, but of course, Zach may have his own answer. <clears throat> Before the heady days of Marvel Unlimited and Sublime Podcasts that provide reading lists, what kind of guidance did you guys take and what to read and what to avoid? Did you just read based on your own tastes and go deeper into the comics universe from there? Or did you have friends and relatives nudging you towards things? With the internet at our disposal, it's easy to find back issues and lists of essentials, but I'm curious to know how Dave in particular developed such a wide and broad knowledge of all things sequential without having these resources. Thanks again for the amazing podcast. I'm having a great time reading along, and I'm looking forward to many more years' worth of comics. With love, Andrew from Edinburgh. Uh, I think we can split that in two, basically, like, how did we read comics before Comic Book Herald existed? And then basically, how did you write lists <laughs> before Comic Book Herald existed? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. Thanks, Andrew. And I, Zach, if you want to reread that with a maybe Scottish accent, I'm just based on location, um, uh... that would actually make it easier to understand. <sighs> Okay, J- just kidding. Just wanted to drop you <laughs> that yellow light line 
Just, no. <laughs> you know what? Actually, like, if I can get into that groove, I can kind of do it. Like, I, I run a Dungeons and Gra- Dragons group, and mm-hmm. if I try to do an accent, like, I can't. But, like, mm-hmm. if I can find my way into the accent, then sometimes I can do a Scottish one okay. But it's just, I have to have that, like, trigger phrase, I think. I like a lot of people do that. They have a phrase that they know exactly how right. it's said in the accent, and that kind of, right. like, gets the, yeah. But no, you gotta slip I'm, into it. Okay. I'm well, terrible I'll, at accents. I won't put you on the spot next time for that. Um, and I'll never request that again. <laughs> just based on what I heard, but... <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. So the question is, how did we get into comics? I think, how did, how did you like guide your way through before? So definitely, yeah. I mean, definitely when I was just sort of getting into like reading comics actively and I've talked about this on comic Herald a bunch, but like, I didn't really, really start reading comics until I was older, like in college. Um, I always liked comics, but honestly, like my comics DNA growing up was like the X-Men animated series, Spider-Man animated series type stuff. Mm-hmm. That was what super got me into them and yeah. like action figures and the X-Men arcade game. Like it wasn't actual reading comics. I didn't really understand that world until much later, which is why I think like Comic Herald was something that was interesting to me was helping people understand the world as I started getting into it. So when I started just like reading like crazy, it really started with, um, the Marvel Essentials was a big piece of it. Those were these black oh, yeah. and white reprints of of a lot of what we're talking about, like Silver Age, Iron Man, and Spider Man. Actually, were were a couple that I got into early. Um, I also started doing the Age of Apocalypse <laughs> around the same right, time, yeah. And I just did all of them. So, like to answer the question, I didn't. I definitely didn't have like a great sense of chronology i was sort of and and honestly the biggest thing i would do is i would just go to the library and just kind of grab whatever looked interesting yeah and i didn't get where things fit i didn't you know you can tell just basic like well the art in this one's real modern (laughs) so this must be newer but like i remember reading civil war in this in this sort of phase of not really knowing where things fit and simultaneously being confused but also being like kind of exhilarated captivated by it yeah yeah Yeah. like by by wow oh these things are happening and like oh this is what comics are now and and just i don't know i always when people when readers get mad about things being complicated i've always had the opposite reaction of being excited and wanting to know how it got that way i think part of that is like sometimes that's frustrating because yeah sure this might be really interesting and you want to dig deeper into the mystery but then how do you do it? Like, especially in the pre-internet days, mm-hmm. you know, like it's 2005 and I'm, you know, I've got some trade that I have at the, the library that's a part of the clone saga or something. And I want to know more about this. Like, what do I do? You know, that kind of like the ease of accessibility, especially in the pre-internet days. And that's becoming less of a concern because basically any issue of any comic ever is 10 seconds away <laughs> if I want it. Um, right. And I can find a guide breaking it down. But I think... Yeah, it's it's becoming easier and easier just with the internet to jump into this world. But it's still, you know, it's still an endeavor. You still feel... Like, I just read that The Infinite Crisis from DC, and I read everything leading up to it, and it still was like, this is messy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and that's... I, I just think that's such a... It's so integral to the experience of liking comics. 
Like there's there's no superhero comics. Let's let's be of superhero comics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally. think I think people knew. Right. No. No. But it's like if you're gonna get into superheroes, you just there. There's a certain point where you have to you have to take <laughs> on faith that you're not going to have read everything. Yeah. You know, and especially if you're starting new today, there's just so much history. And like the crazy thing, and and we'll note this as we go through the My Marvelous Year Club, but like just the rate of output expands in like exponentially like if you've ever seen like the population growth yeah. charts <laughs> like there's a there's a strong malthusian theory of comics here where it's like there are too many there are too yeah. many superhero comics <laughs> from marvel and and dc falls in the same th- you know category but I, marvel's worse about and they're, it. they're putting out what 1500 1500 a year or something right now if currently yeah yeah it's it's kind of insane yeah um, honestly just the amount they're putting out and as somebody who loves comics, it's like, yes, you want more up to a point, and then you mm-hmm. want curation, or at least I right. do. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I think I can see that. Yeah, so... I, I kind of had that, like, when I first started to have some disposable income in high school and I started working a job, I would go on eBay and buy big lots of Spider-Man comics, because I knew I wanted to read Spider-Man because of the movies. I love Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the cartoon when I was a kid. That's interesting, uh, yeah. But I, but I would buy, like, you know, big box sets, basically, of... Here's a hundred comics of Spider-Man, and you know, here's all these different runs, and start collecting them. And I never read them because every time I did, I got totally lost and felt uh, like I feel completely rudderless with uh, with these. And then just ended up turning around, selling them back on eBay again. Then I dropped off superhero comics for a while until. Did you ever get these things where uh, Marvel was putting out individual series on CD and then eventually DVD mm. ROM for the computer? And I bought. It was basically like thirteen discs yeah something like that of spider-man and it was basically like issues one through 400 or one through 500 on pdf files on on cd-roms and i would like sit on my computer and read i think i read you know the first 100 150 issues of spider-man that way Mm. right from the beginning and you know there's a little bit of continuity stuff with other issues coming in and out but like generally spider-man you can just sit down and read and you don't have to be have the context for other stuff right um that's pretty self-contained especially initially so that was really like me getting to superhero comics that way, but Marvel, and then the next way was Marvel, um, the ultimate universe of Marvel. Mm. My library started stocking all the trades for that, and that's how I broke into you know, X-Men and knowing who the Avengers were. Like, I'd never heard of Iron Man, I'd never heard of Captain America. Well, mm-hmm. no, I probably had heard of Captain America, but I'd never read Captain America. And that's how I kind of got exposed to a lot of these comics the first time, and these characters was the ultimate universe. Which, like, you said something a while ago on um, when we were on the Marvelous podcast, and this idea that I've been, like, crazy about, which is that Marvel should just relaunch the Ultimate Universe every 10 years. Like, <laughs> I've been I've been into that idea for a while. It's such I, a good idea, just, like... Yeah, I would love Brand that. new authors, brand new angles to the whole thing. Yeah, just thing, every decade. Just, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect stopping and starting point, I think. It's such a good idea, just making it, like, a really simple on-off point... And then kind of do what they did with the Ultimate Universe initially and like, oh, did we come up with anything really, really cool? Let's fold them in like Miles mm-hmm. Morales, you know? Yeah, the downside, like the downside if you cut off the Ultimate Universe at 10 years would be you'd cut off the intro of Miles Morales. But I think my flip, my argument to that would be, well, he should just be the starting point for the next generation, right? Yeah, he that's a good idea starting too. point for the next decade. So I don't think you actually lose him so much as you make him more of a focal point. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think the ultimate universe is a great way to get in. I think just like, honestly, I could talk about, I guess, yeah, like my comics DNA for, for a really long time. <laughs> I think I, to get a little more specific with it in terms of 
maybe how I how I started developing um, a focus on putting things chronologically a comic book herald. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Unlimited was a huge part of that, definitely. Like I was an early adopter of Marvel Unlimited, so that that contributed immensely. Um, and I think honestly, at the time of like trying to sort things, I was really looking at like publication date probably. So like the comics, I think it's like comic book DB. It's just like a big database, um, was probably a big contributor just in times, like literally just trying to figure out like, when did these things come out? Cause mm-hmm. at the time even like, and I'm talking probably like early 2010s here, um, Marvel Unlimited is like publication dates and a lot of their metadata was like really wonky you know i would say like it would say like an issue of kevin smith written daredevil came out in like 2020 <laughs> it's like <Okay>. what? <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't necessarily the most reliable thing um but that was a big way i was doing it and then honestly just like i kind of started figuring out okay like i want to try and read books of the same era i had definitely had some like i think the bendis avengers was a big one for me on the marvel side where i kind of got a feel for like okay if i go from Avengers disassembled and follow his line of thought through that takes me through a lot of the big events you know what I mean um which is I think why I remember those those comics so fondly I mean that was definitely my first Avengers team mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't have the baggage of not not being the real Avengers or or whatever seems to yeah. follow those around the thing the other thing about getting into comics was because of kind of the the barrier to entry for me this was like dial-up internet days when I first started reading these or at least where I was living. It just drove me to non-superhero comics. So things that were like, this is a series with issues one through 60 and that's it. And like driven to the the simplicity of that, you know? So I just, I basically got sucked into indie comics and vertigo in a big way. And Mm -hmm. that's really how I came into comics, started to love comics and then really getting to superhero stuff came later. But like Preacher, Fables, 99 Bullets, Sandman, like all, all that was really like big stuff for me collecting the trades of those initially yeah that was really how i got into like quote-unquote serious comic reading you know that's an interesting point because i i probably did a similar thing where i was doing some of that like silver age essential marvel stuff but then at the same time i started reading Watchmen and i started reading sandman mm-hmm. and the big sort of you know literary classics of the genre and that those were the ones that got me thinking like i want to read comics all the time I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just because superheroes were always something I was such a fan of. And, you know, you mentioned like, do you have friends or relatives? Like I had family members who used to like, I had, I've had an uncle who had all the sixties Marvel books. So like I had family who were into these books and that and my dad definitely was a big part in shaping that. Um, but it was, yeah, it was probably the more indie vertigo type stuff that got me like, that hooked me because, you know, like at the time I'm in college, I'm reading like Ulysses and Lolita. <laughs> like yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't necessarily in the state of mind of like, oh, I want to read superhero comics. But that that I got past that pretty quickly. Yeah, cool. Um, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for the question, Andrew. We took it and got distracted. And <laughs> yeah, that was a bit rambly, which I think is like, honestly, I just think that's I think that's most people's answer. Yeah, you know? yeah, we just so found like, our way into, into comics, it, yeah. and it's like yeah, you just kind of you try stuff and you find your way in, and I don't know. I hope Comic Carol gives people like similar on ramps, but I don't think there's any one one good on ramp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a way, there's a bunch of ways you can come in. Well, I think the internet and the internet has just so provided a way of cataloging and preserving and ordering stuff that really, really helps people 
get into the hobby. Cool. So our next letter, hey, Dave and Zach. First of all, I'd like to answer the call out from the 1965 Part 1 show and cast a vote in favor of Stiltman. Thanks, Peter. Sure, he's a bit silly, but so are a lot of Silver Age villains, and I found him one of the more entertaining ones. I'm hoping he keeps his grenades and look forward to his future appearances. Thanks for including him, Dave. Zach, yeah. are you listening? This, I'm really uh, liking these letters so far. These are great. Yeah, I kind of think you paid this guy. <laughs> Speaking of villains, I've noticed how strong Spider-Man's villain lineup is these early issues. With almost every issue, including those not covered on the main reading list, featuring major villains who were well-known and recognized to this day. But it occurs to me that this lineup may seem so strong compared to others we've read because I'm the most familiar with Spider-Man. So I was wondering, are some of the other lineups stronger than I realize? Who are some of the major villains we've met that we can expect to see more of? And now to flip the question, who is your favorite villain? It doesn't make it very far, but you wish you could have seen more of. Okay, so let's go to the first question first. Are there other villains, sort of rogues galleries, that are stronger than Spidey's or maybe will become similarly strong. I mean, Spider-Man's is definitely the best. I don't mm-hmm. and then, think and I then even need to think that through. Maybe Captain, or um, Fantastic Four probably is the easiest, like, neck. I mean, they have Doctor Doom, they have Galactus. Yeah. They've got, I mean, they, they also introduce a lot of people who are not villains. So they have pretty soon, I think next year, we're going to talk about the Inhumans, Black Panther, Silver Surfer all come in as part of the Fantastic Four. So mm-hmm. I guess they're not villains. I would I say think, Captain America. Like that's that would be my thing because so for many underrated of, rogues gallery. Yeah, he's got the red skull. He's got Baron Zemo. Like at, at least in terms of how big of player big players they are in the Marvel universe coming up. Yeah, they definitely have some staying power. Yeah, I think probably the X Men is the most. Oh yeah, right. It's probably the <laughs> like honestly, it's just like it kind of goes along with the series, but like they're yeah. going to become the strongest um but like just from the characters we have in the lineup right now you know magneto obviously is going to get even better sentinels i think are going to get um a little more refined and from there toad has some good cameos (laughs) (laughs) yeah they've got the blob who's in for a while blob's been making a comeback lately just wait till you get to age of x-man 2019 Really? A lot of blob. Lots yeah. surprising amount of blob. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, they're, they're going to bring in so many, like, interesting villains eventually. The X-Men get a great rogues gallery. Yeah. Compared to, like, Iron Man or the Hulk, where I think you're, like, your average person on the street, especially before the movies, would be, like, hard-pressed to name a single villain of theirs. Like... Yeah, that's a good I, point. I couldn't tell you, like... If I hadn't just read a lot of this, I couldn't tell you, like, a Hulk villain... Really? You wouldn't have known the leader? No, I, I've never read a leader comic except for the very first leader comic that I read for Extra Issues. He makes a strong appearance in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero, the uh, the cartoon from the earlier <laughs> part of this decade. But Yeah, never saw so, it. So maybe some, some kiddos are familiar. Or, yeah. Um, I You know, that's interesting. If I was just going to say today... If we just looked at the question, okay, who's yeah. who's got the best Rose Gallery today? It's probably still Spidey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because his villains don't necessarily. Well, I yeah, I might go X Men on that, even though it's kind of cheap because they're a whole team. Yeah, but I mean, they have that interesting approach to the villains, where oftentimes their villains are teams too, and yeah, and they feel like interesting, cohesive teams generally, which is something yeah. a lot of like the Avengers team villains just feel like kind of a, a smorgasbord of like random weirdos. You know, I was thinking about this lately. 
Right, right. I think the Avengers never quite, the Avengers comics never quite live up to the potential of what you want with their <laughs> villains. But yeah. um, I was thinking about this, like in terms of big Marvel events, like, okay, who are the villains that have caused problems in the modern yeah. Marvel universe? You know, things like that. The The challenge with that is so many events are like villainless in a mm-hmm. way that is, yeah. I think, truly disappointing. Um, you know, like Civil War being the most prominent example, like there aren't that's the heroes fighting heroes becomes a big thing, you know, and something like Avengers vs. X-Men. Okay, heroes fighting heroes. Um, I think Doctor Doom has maybe my favorite, like, moment on that scale. So I he really pulls up the rest of the FF's rogues gallery. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like Doom yeah, he does. <laughs> is my favorite. But then you come down from there, we're looking the at, like, man. the wizard, the mole man, the mad thinker, right? Like, it's Dragon Man. Nah, Dragon Man's not a villain. Um, so anyway. Yeah, please. It... it comes down hard pretty fast i think the other one might be like like guardians of the galaxy but that's not quite right just so we can get thanos in there oh Um, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't associate because i don't i don't have that association that he's a guardians villain he's not that's the thing is he's not he's bigger so i'm so it's like tying him to i mean honestly he ties to like captain marvel the the (laughs) the one true captain marvel (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, for me, we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, I think Spidey's still got it. Th- Thor has actually a pretty good... I, I don't think Thor's villains are quite as recognizable, but he's got a really good rogues gallery as well. Like, even I mean, in Asgard, he does. So he's got uh, the Enchantress and Loki, obviously, who's a big player. He's got the Guardians, or uh, the Destroyers come in, mm-hmm. and uh, Searcher... What else? Oh, and then, but back on Earth, he's actually got a couple really good villains. Like, the Absorbing Man starts out as a Thor villain. Like, yeah. Loki is what instigates that. And the Absorbing Man is one of my favorite villains from this time. You know, you could throw Ego the Living Planet in there, too. So, all right. So, I'd go... Thor's the the best Avenger, definitely, right? Yeah. And he's going to yeah. beat Iron Man. He's going to beat Cap. Um, who else does? <laughs> Hang on. We haven't talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp. I know. How I was just thinking about, that, like, do they have... <laughs> who? Whirlwind? I don't know who that is. Oh, come on. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't read any. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't list like a single Ant-Man villain except from the ones the ones from the movies. I think um, Magnifying Glasses and Strong Sun. <laughs> and, and just uh, Robins. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, I guess today, if I'm ranking them, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I can't decide Spider-Man versus X-Men. <laughs> I, I don't know if he needs like a numerical list. I think it's fine. I, I need a numerical list. <laughs> yeah, I this know is for do. me. <laughs> okay, well, you can put it in next week's previously on. You're right. I should probably think about this a little bit more. No, I'm just every time I think about X-Men, I'm like, oh, I love Mr. Sinister and I love Apocalypse. Like those, those are my guys. So yeah, yeah, we we'll, we'll get into. I I kind of want to wait until they get built up a little bit more, but we're definitely going to do a poll of like the best villain. The best, like, arch-villain, you know, at some yeah. point. And I, I want to wait till they each get, like, really good moments. Like, Doctor Doom has been fleshed out. Green Goblin's about to get some big moments. Um, but, like, Magneto still hasn't really had his time to shine. Here's, Lo- here's the Loki thing. Loki, even. Age of Apocalypse is awesome. And that that guy gets his own age. What Spider-Man <laughs> villain's getting an age? There's no age of Sandman. There's no age of Doctor Octopus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. These guys, these guys just don't operate on the scale. All right. I've oh, never read a single Apocalypse comic, so I have no context for what you're saying. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to get there, and I'm excited for you to realize it's not nearly as good as I'm describing it. <laughs> as you're building it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What was the second part of his question? Oh, 
That's right, I forgot. Um, <laughs> who's your favorite villain that doesn't make it very far, but you wish you could have seen more of? Mm, that's a really good question, yeah. Somebody who makes a strong... Because in the early days, we get like like Gargoyle in The Incredible Hulk. You get a few characters who kind of... Gargoyle man's from Thor. No, no, no. Gray Gargoyle sticks around, <laughs> but there's that guy called, called the Gargoyle. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. There's too many Gargoyles. The, the, the Gargoyle that shows up in Thor is actually a Gargoyle who's... yeah. I'm trying to think, like, some of the ones that we've read that don't really stick around, like the Gargoyle, like the Broccoli Men from Avengers number four. I mean, like, these aren't villains I want to have stuck around. Um, who doesn't make it very far? I mean, Pacepot Pete, I like him. Well, he's still around. (laughs) Is he? I mean, he's the Trapster now, which I hate. That name's so dumb. I I mean, for some reason, I'm just attached to Pacepot Pete. (laughs) Pacepot Pete's better? Yeah, yeah. Like, at least that is, like, weird and funny. The Trapster is generic and like oh he sets traps right no he squirts glue mm-hmm. i mean i definitely wish i could have seen more of stilt man I, that's an ongoing concern <sighs> stilt man stays around for a while though so don't don't rub it in you you get your, you get your stilt man i believe i sent you his uh his death of issue so no you, you told me it happens and i was gleeful uh, yeah okay yeah uh this is a really good question peter i think probably we're gonna have to i don't nobody really comes to mind the thing is like i'm, I'm literally i'm looking over the list and mm-hmm. it's either oh I know I know they show they show up again and I'm glad or they never show up again and I'm glad right yep. so like <laughs> at this point they've done a pretty good job of like trimming out who stinks and who doesn't deserve to ever come back again yeah that's true okay here's my pick is is the guy from this man this monster oh okay yeah yeah I mean yep. he was an interesting one off unnamed character nailed it in one. Do we need him to come back? No. Could the right <laughs> Fantastic Four run bring him back? Yeah, I, I think they could. Like if it was if it was the right context and a really good team and run, there could be another. There could be a sequel to this yeah. monster. You hmm, know, interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, we're talking about that next year. Just for anyone, I think that's uh, that's Fantastic Four number fifty one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'll, I'll tweak the question a little bit so I can answer it. I'm gonna just say which villain have I really liked that we haven't covered yet? Uh, yeah. From this year, 1965, Fantastic Four number 18 has the Super Scroll, and it is one of the most fun Fantastic Four issues I've read. One of the most, like, one of the funner villains that's been that's shown up, and the best like Scroll appearance so far in number 18. Um, it's the first time like the comics have made me interested in the Scrolls, and yeah, I really like Super Scroll. Curious what uh, if he's going to come back. We're going to get lots of good Super Scroll throughout okay. Marvel history. I don't know that we're going to focus on it necessarily, but yeah, good old uh, what is it, Colart? Colart? Oh, I don't know. They don't give him a name. The issue, yeah, it's but... like K apostrophe L R T. Um, yeah, no, he'll, he'll be around. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I like. Here's him. here's the thing, a Marvel thing that I hate because writing it drives me up a wall is consonants with with apostrophes in between them, um, like the Shi'ar. I guess that's not a consonant. Nope, that, that's, that those are two vowels. Language, but the Shi'ar, I can never <laughs> place the consonant. I never know where it goes. Is it before the I, after the I? It's impossible. I don't know what you're complaining about. Personal complaint. All right, uh, and let me move into the last letter here. Uh, hey, guys, I'm Christina. Great fan of the show. Been listening to it for years now. <laughs> years? <laughs> Thanks, Christina. Yeah. Um, just wanted to talk shortly about Reed's misogyny. We have great times laughing at it in the Slack channel, and we know it comes from a time period but oh my god if that was just a character trait for reed i think it would be awesome it's a great flaw <laughs> or <laughs> it's a great flaw or trait narration wise i've only read more modern fantastic four and now he's just kind of an asshole. so for me it kind of fits what i know of his character just that kisses 
<laughs> Christina that... is like Christina's in our Slack channel a lot, and she's a really like great contributor to the Slack channel. That's a really good take. I I kind of love it. I also want to change my Twitter bio to just wanted to talk shortly about read misogyny. <laughs> 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 I feel like that sums up a lot. I I one hundred percent agree because the fact that like. This this upcoming year, I think the next two years, it's really going to be solidified in the comic yeah. as, as canon that reads kind of a jerk, right? Like, it's not just he's being the stern man and the comic portrays that as fine. Like, he's the leader, so he just has to have a stern hand. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. become this controlling, clueless jerk to everybody pretty soon. But mm-hmm. they don't frame his misogyny as a bad thing. His misogyny still gets framed as, like, husband stuff and, like... At worst, he's being a little too sucked into his work, but like he's gonna get rough for a while, and they don't discuss it in the like the correct terms. I don't think like no, I I think that'd be it's a really interesting idea to actually allow you know this hero, <laughs> this genius in the Marvel universe to to be like I don't know if toxic masculinity is the right word, but like a chauvinist, like you say, to yeah. actually just have that be a big part of who he is, and to and to explore like. How flawed that just to let him be that flawed like it's not mm-hmm. like i want to read more of that but that's the point well that's is, tough to do it should with be uncomfortable yeah and it's tough to make that character you want to keep reading right and like right. have him be the, the lead of the comic yeah so i don't know if they do this with reed i don't know if they really start confronting that in any kind of interesting ways but they start doing that with ant-man at some point and ant-man's mm. ant-man's relationship with janet and the way that he's scolding her it does actually turn into like on the text he's being like a poor partner and yeah. he's being you know he, he's taking out his insecurities on her in a gendered way that that's really it's way more interesting and it's way more like nuanced it had uh, never dawned on me until you said that and you're 100 percent right that they took reed's baggage mm-hmm. they dumped all of it onto <laughs> hank which is the perfect the perfect summation of like hank Pym's inferiority complex you know yeah he's like i can never be as good a scientist as reed but he's always like one or two spots below but also i can never be as good a husband because they gave me all of his damn baggage yeah yeah they start they mess with this a little bit more in the ultimate universe like giving them like real flaws like people are especially the avengers in the ultimate universe the ultimates they call them like most of them are pretty tough to like and that like none of them are that charming <laughs> or like Thor or like maybe that. a little oh Thor's okay yeah I like Thor in that but yeah. like Captain America and Iron Man and especially Ant-Man in that are all like yeah they're not great but I think they know that like the writer some man, at least sometimes knows that uh and it's uh, Mark Millar and I I think he definitely does know that I think it's intentional the ultimates is sometimes sometimes he thinks yeah sometimes he thinks Cap is cool we'll have to talk about it yeah oh that's true but like I Man, the Ultimates is so interesting. Like, it's, I hesitate to say it's so good. And a lot of people yeah. give me guff because I left it off my best 100 Marvel Comics stories from 98 to 2015. And, like, that was, that was intentional at the time. Um, but it is, that is like the legacy of that book is astounding, honestly, and the influence, yeah. like, in comics and the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, well, I don't want to say too much about it because I know we've got, you know, an Ultimates, Marvel Ultimate Reading Club as a, as one of our stretch goals over on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're interested in like read it in kind of the way you're describing Christina, I would definitely say ultimate Reed Richards um, is the most like compelling example of that. And zombie Reed Richards for sure. Zombie Reed. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is he a chauvinist or is he? Just no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's definitely a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> definitely a jerk. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. No, those were really good letters. I like that a lot. That was a lot of like good rambly conversation, which probably probably is what a podcast should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. Anything anything specific from 1965 you wanted to, to touch over? Did you want to kind of have any? I, I my my take I moved away on. from my, Yeah, yeah. Me too. I, Dave and I are recording 66, 67 at this point, and uh, and it's just like. Well, I was gonna say it's all sunny skies from here on out until like sixty-seven takes a dip. But sixty-six is great. First part of sixty-seven is great, um, and it's just getting better and better. I'd say the big thing about sixty-five is it just it introduces. This is something we're just gonna keep talking about, but it introduces a lot of concepts that are better later. <laughs> you know, mm. Green Goblin comes in, um, the Sentinels come in, the Inhumans come in. Like all of these are really cool ideas that feel a little messy now. And they just haven't quite figured out exactly how to nail it. And they haven't found out what what has like staying power about these characters. And they will. But yeah. like the, the seeds of these ideas are here. And this is I mean, this is Stanley and Jack Kirby TXT is <laughs> the seed yeah. of an idea that somebody else takes and and you know germinates. Um, with with some exceptions. They I mean they have some like just straight up home runs. I think Spider Man specifically, well, for Stanley, but sixty six has has some knockouts. Um, yeah, sure. 66 has some great issues. That arguably don't get better, which I think would be an interesting conversation to have. But I totally, totally hear what you're saying. I do also, just going back to Christina's note for a second, I do have to tease. Uh, Zach, and, Zach and myself did a one-act play of, <laughs> of Reed and Sue interacting. So that's going to, what is that? Is that 66 part two? No, no, that's 67... It's either 67 part one or part two. I can't Okay. Remember. Oh, so no, in the coming it's six, weeks. It's 67 part two. <laughs> oh, good grief. We're way so, okay. so you'll, you'll hear this in 60 days. <laughs> so good, yeah, yeah. Good. We'll, we'll tease it at the time. But if you if you want to hear Reed come to life, just wait till you hear Zach's portrayal. Oh, yeah, that's good. Dave does a good Sue. It, it was like our only way of dealing, dealing with how. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was just our only way of grappling with how, like, how much that made our skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he really does oh um cool yeah so uh good year i'm looking forward to 66 talking more about that if you want to support the show patreon's a big way to do that we're inching up on our next next stretch goal um which is uh, having a quarterly q a which should be fun it'd be kind of like this but we're gonna have kind of a, a rapid fire off the cuff <laughs> Maybe live? We haven't discussed this, but we could do this like a YouTube live stream. We could do a live thing. That could be interesting, yeah. Um, I think probably too we could like, I was going to say we could use that time to like answer like like really any questions you have, like comic yeah, exactly. related, you know, just yeah. like modern continuity. But now I'm kind of like, well, would that spoil things? I don't know. We'll see what people want. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we can do broader questions than that, but maybe not get into spoiler stuff quite so much. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then especially if we... If uh, eventually we ever get that next uh, Patreon stretch goal for uh, 500 bucks, doing the Ultimate Universe show would be really fun. And here, here's the thing. The longer we can avoid doing that, honestly, the better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how's that? Like, like, listen, the support's awesome, but I do I have time to read the entire Ultimate Universe again? No. Can I make time? Of course. But if you guys make me do this, I'll do it. But like, just take your time getting there. That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna right, clip all that out. <laughs> Don't discourage people. <laughs> it's a little reverse psychology. Is that what that is? No, I need the money. <laughs> this takes a lot of my time. <laughs> um, 
no don't listen to dave please please support us like <laughs> um yeah i mean honestly like the support has it just paid for my marvel unlimited again for the year like i just re-upped my subscription for the nice. year i bought this whole new microphone setup like it is contributing back to the show um and it does really help for just the time that we we put into this so we appreciate it a lot yeah it's it's super rewarding and i i think we're getting better at it yeah too, I, so that's the I, thing. I think like, like 60 66 i think the second part of 66 is probably our best episode yet and then 67 both episodes like are right up there like i think we we're starting to find a good good happy medium so when do we launch the podcast where we rank our coverage of each marvel <laughs> year my marvelous year's year or something Okay, we, we, bad idea. Scrap like talk, talking my marvelous year, the podcast about the podcast. <laughs> so no, so no joke. There's um, you know the Adventure Zone, right? The McElroys. I'm I'm but, familiar with the concept. Yeah. I've never listened. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, but they have such a rabid fan base that there are at least two or three different podcasts that are like after the podcast reaction podcast to the podcast. That's like, wild. Fan podcasts about like listening to the podcast each week. That's cool to have that kind of community. I mean, you know, I joke like that'd be so boring, but actually I think there are a lot of people who are interested in like, how do you set this up and how do you do this stuff? And I, I actually don't find that that boring myself. So um, that would make sense. I, man, I, you know, the longer we talk, the more I want to go back to that comics DNA question. So we should probably, we should probably do credits and, and finish. Cause I'm going to start talking about my, my love of comics again. <laughs> no. No, you can, we'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So again, you can find My Marvelous Year really anywhere you're looking on podcasts, uh, social, Instagram, Twitter. You can check out more of my writing at comicbookherald.com. I recently posted, uh, it's, let's see, this episode's going to go up on a Monday, which will be March 18th. I posted on March 12th, my review of Captain Marvel. I recommend you check that out. I would love to hear the My Marvelous Year crew's thoughts on the latest entry in the MCU. And we also want to credit Disaster Piece for our podcast music. So thank you, Disaster Piece, for the excellent tunes. Just a, a reminder, our 1966 episodes are coming out March 25th for part one and April 1st for part two. And if you want to get your feedback in for the 1966 episodes for next year's variant cover, get that into us by April 2nd to mymarvelousyear at gmail.com, please. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next year. See you next year. Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you got, like, panel, favorite panels, you know, send those through to, to mymarvelousyear no, at gmail. No, don't send tell, through no, the Slack. Jesus, don't Zach tell will people. post to... some of those on the Instagram. No, don't tell people to do that. <laughs> Is that not a thing? That. No, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't don't involve yourself with the, the Patreon, please. please. <laughs> Guys, send please. all your emails to Zach at mymelovesheet.com. I, I already get that. It's, it's, it's the, I, I do a lottery for the people who get to send like the panels in each year. Because otherwise it would just be like, I can't manage just a nonstop. Okay. Okay. So yeah, send everything no. to Zach. And, uh... <laughs> I'm not leaving that in. <laughs> um... Okay, cool. Check out. You can check out my MRI writing on compacarol.com. No, you, um, I'm so, I just I just want to point out already. Take that again because you just said check out my writing. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I could slide that through. <laughs> I mean, you could, but I don't want you to. Maybe my mic just cut out. You don't know. <laughs> you can check out more of my writing. Jeez, now you got me tongue tied. You can check out more of my writing. The Fantastic Four are having a superhero engagement party. There did... Okay, so I do have to ask you, 
and maybe we, maybe we'll cut this. There's a moment in that panel where somebody mm-hmm. says, "Like, I wish Bruce Banner could be here," or something to it that might be effect. Rick Jones. You think that was Rick Jones? I don't remember. I thought it looked like Bruce, but he's just standing in the corner. <laughs> What, you think Bruce Banner's in the corner saying, I wish Bruce Banner could be here? Yeah, like he's kind of hiding, <laughs> oh, but I, also there. Have to look. I don't remember. Okay. I mean, if you have if you have it pulled up, you want to look at it, we can I, pause I don't because my, my Marvel okay. Unlimited is being spotty, but I will. I'll send it to you because okay. now I'm just curious. Okay. okay. So the comic continues from there, and we cut to South America, where Captain America and Baron Zemo's one-on-one battle that took place in Avengers number 15 ended in Baron Mm -hmm. Zemo's death. Now, I do feel like I've done Baron Zemo a slight disservice here in that we skipped over his his debut and skipped straight to his death. Um, That said, like, Baron Zemo is a—he's a carryover villain, in a sense, from Captain America's World War II— days uh his father was one of the lead nazi scientists he developed Mm -hmm. what was called adhesive x and it is a super strong glue that accidentally glued a cool purple mask to his face (laughs) and Zemo basically takes on the best motivation for revenge he's just like he's just furious that captain america glued a mask to his face it's like (laughs) a purple it's a purple bag it's just like a prank he couldn't let go he's just like (laughs) it's like constantly with him but yeah baron zemo takes on his father's quest for vengeance blaming captain america for his death and and baron zemo is the one i don't who think puts together i don't think that happens here right you don't like think baron zemo just dies here we don't have anything about his son no no i'm talking so baron zemo's father no no this is the baron zemo who had his mask glued to his face oh dies. am i am yeah I, I, I read that one for zemo genealogy here this is the gold this is the world war ii zemo yes this is the same zemo who got who, who showed up from the Golden Age. He was in an earlier issues of Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And then he just dies like 15 issues in. And yeah, it feels very like, I even looked it up because I was like, oh, he's got to be back. Nope. <laughs> this Zemo's done. <laughs> okay. Uh, how do you want to play this? you want to leave that in? And I think it's you this week to start out because I started last week calling Did him you? Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> God, I... I I, you could hear me pause in there because I was like, I'm the comic book newbie because I like was like, there's some there's some word I wanted to use for myself before yeah. Big Daddy. And I couldn't remember what it was, but I was going to say Big Boy. Uh, <laughs> like uh, like Ben Grimm. But I forgot that and I just got fixated on, fixated on Big Daddy. Yeah, it's easy to do. All too common problem. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm just pulling up the script here. In a vehicle, yeah. she's being traced by Gorgon. As I call him. You went Gorgon. I think, yeah, I mean, Medusa and the... Wait. Is it the Gorgons? The Gorgon? What am I thinking? I what like the... Gorgon, is how no, I No, but what, what are the, what's Medusa's... Uh, what's the, like, Medusa is a species of something called a Gorgon, right? What? Like, the snake-headed... The, the, the She's snake an inhuman, head... Zach. No, no, I, I know. But the, the snake-headed ladies from mythology, they're Gorgons, right? Is it, am I... I, that's not a thing that I know. <sighs> okay, no. Sorry. Full stop. <laughs> Time for Google. Like... I need I need to sort this out in my head before I <laughs> go any farther. Okay. Yeah, Gorgon, each of the three sisters, Stheno, Uriel, and Medusa, with snakes for hair. The three three Gorgon sisters. So that's just kind of weird that she's named Medusa, he's named Gorgon, which are two interlocked things. But interesting. None of the rest of the Inhumans have those like Greek myth names. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, which uh, which one of the sisters is Karnak? 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Or, I mean, that's not even... All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go accident on that one. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In, like a completely incidental link. Okay, out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. You've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists, so anything is liable to happen. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby, say a few words to the fans, Jackson. Okay, a few words. Look, pal, I'll take care of the humor around here. You, you've been using the same gags over and over for years. Well, you can't accuse me of being fickle, can you? By the way, Jack... The readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. Boy, I'm glad we caught you when you were in a good mood. Oh, Stan, do you have a few minutes? For our fabulous gal Friday? Sure. Say hello to the fans, Flo Steinberg. Hello, fans. It's very nice to meet you. As Marvel's corresponding secretary, I feel as though I know most of you from your letters. By the way, Saul Brodsky wants to say a few words. Saul Brodsky? Who's he? Stan, the fans know you have a bad memory by all the mistakes you make, but this is ridiculous. He's been your associate for years. Really? We ought to start paying him one of these days. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And how come I don't get my name plastered all over the mags like you do? Because I can't spell it, that's why. Well, as long as you've got a good reason. Hey, what's all that commotion out there, Sal? Why, it's shy Steve Ditko. He heard you making a record, and he's got Mike fright. Whoops, there he goes. Out the window again? You know, I'm beginning to think he is Spider-Man. You mean he isn't? Who said that? Just that lovable old letter of me. It's adorable Addie Simic. What brought you here? The subway. Oh, well, ask a bonehead question, Flo. Stan, Sam Rosen is on the phone. How are the letter of my competitor? Just for fun, Artie, you talk to him. Hi, Sam. This is Artie. How's it going, pal? Just great, Artie. I sure admire your lettering. I admire yours too, Sam. I think you're tops. Thanks. Well, nice talking to you. The pleasure was all mine. I never could stand that guy. Well, that's our Artie. Just imagine what Sam is saying about him now. Well, let's see who else we can get on this record. How about Chick Stone? Okay. Hi, Chick. How's Tricks? Fine, Stan. I'm reading the latest story. It's great. What a thriller. Now, that's what we like to hear, Chick. Which one of our comics is it? Who's reading a comic? This is a novel about James Bond. I can't wait to finish it. Well, we're going to miss Chick around here. Oh, look who just came in. Kid Daredevil himself, Wally Wood. Is that a tape recorder, Flo? You know I'm afraid to talk into these machines. I can never think of anything to say. I'm not a big talker. I shut up like a clam. I get struck dumb. My mind goes okay, blank. Okay, okay, okay. Forget it. Boy, I'd hate to hear you when you feel like talking. Stan, Dick Ears is on the phone. Let's surprise him. Hi, Dick. We have a recorder playing, and you're talking to millions of people right now. You're some kind of nut or something? I just want to tell you I want to raise. Dick, don't you understand? People are listening. You're talking to the whole world. I always knew you'd crack someday, Lee. Just my luck, it had to happen when I asked you for some more dough. Well, I'm going back to Sergeant Fury. Goodbye. Another phone call for you, Stan. Oh, not anymore. I'm getting an earache. But it's Don Heck. The idol of the Iron Man fans? The ace of the Avengers? Hi, Don. What's doing? Uh, Stan, I was just wondering, uh, wasn't I supposed to draw Iron Man last week? Sure. Why do you ask? So how come you mailed me a Patsy Walker script? Yike! Did I do that? That's awful. Oh, well, don't worry. I'll send it back to you. That's not why I'm worried. 
I must have sent your script to Al Hartley. I can just imagine Iron Man looking like Patsy Walker this issue. Okay, talk to you later, Don. Don't worry about it, Stan. Don't you remember that Al Hartley used to draw adventure strips? It may not be too bad. Well, well, look who's here. Stan G., our demon colorer. I've been meaning to talk to you, Stan. When are you going to remember it's the Hulk who has green skin, not Captain America? Gee whiz, the guy can't remember everything. Anyway, I had to tell you what MMMS meant last week, and you're the guy who made it up. But when I forget something, it's different. Yeah, it's worse. Stan, this is the most confused record I ever heard. Great, Sol. Just what we want. If it were anything else, it wouldn't be the nutty marble bullpen. Gosh, we don't have time for George Bell and Vince Coletta and Larry Lieber and Bob Powell and... That's great. Now, if we ever form another club, we'll have something new to offer. Voices that haven't been heard yet. Enough said, Sol. Now, let's all get back to work in the bullpen. And as for you, marvelous Merry Marchers, welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Okay, let them hear it, gang. Whoa!